Hi, and welcome to the Metropolitan Community Church of Tampa podcast. I'm Reverend Jacob Hero Shaw, Senior Pastor of MCC Tampa. In this podcast, you'll hear the readings and sermon from this week's service. If you'd like to view the entire service, please visit our YouTube channel. The link to that can be found in the program notes. Thanks. Good morning. I'm Charles Clay, and today's first reading is from the Book of Romans. Let love be genuine. Hate what is evil. Hold fast to what is good. Love one another with mutual affection. Outdo one another in showing honor. Do not lag in zeal. Be ardent in spirit. Serve God. Rejoice in hope. Be patient in suffering. Persevere in prayer. Contribute to the needs of the saints. Extend hospitality to strangers. Bless those who persecute you. Bless and do not curse them. Rejoice with those who rejoice. Weep with those who weep. Live in harmony with one another. Do not be haughty. But associate with the lowly. Do not claim to be wiser than you are. Do not repay anyone evil for evil. But take thought for what is noble in the sight of all. If it is possible, so far it depends on you. Live peaceably with all. Beloved, never avenge yourselves, but leave room for the wrath of God. For it is written, Vengeance is mine, I will repay, says the Lord. No, if your enemies are hungry, feed them. If they are thirsty, give them something to drink. For by doing this, you will heap burning coals on their heads. Do not be overcome by evil, but overcome evil with good. Good morning. My name is Nadine Lima. And today's second scripture reading is from the Gospel of Matthew. Matthew sixteen twenty one through 28. From that time on, Jesus began to show his disciples that he must go to Jerusalem and undergo great suffering at the hands of the elders and chief priests and scribes and be killed and on the third day be raised. And Peter took him aside and began to rebuke him, saying, God forbid it, Lord, this must never happen to you. But he turned and said to Peter, Get behind me, Satan. You are a stumbling block to me, for you are setting your mind not on divine things, but on human things. Then Jesus told his disciples, If any want to be my followers, let them deny themselves and take up their cross and follow me. For those who want to save their life will lose it, and those who will lose their life for my sake will find it. For what will it profit them if they gain the whole world but forfeit their life? Or what will they give in return 
for their life. For the son of humanity is to come with his angels in the glory of his creator. And then he will repay everyone for what has been done. Truly, I tell you, there are some standing here who will not taste death before they see the son of humanity coming in his kingdom. Will you join me in prayer, please? Loving God, help us to hold fast to what is good. Help us, God, to focus our hearts on you. Amen. In Paul's letter to the Romans that we heard from this morning, we hear these words. Let love be genuine. Hate what is evil. Hold fast to what is good. Love one another with mutual affection. What do these words mean? On the one hand, loving one another and holding fast to what is good is exactly what I was talking about in the special message that I brought to you earlier in the service about providing each other with mutual love and respect. It's about reaching out when we need help and offering help to others. In this passage, Jesus talks about love. And when he speaks of love, the word is agape. Thomas Hoyt Jr. writes about this, describing agape this way. It is self-giving action on behalf of others that God's spirit makes feasible. And to practice love means that one must hate what is evil. And this isn't just about avoiding evil. This is about an active rejection of evil. The practice of love, the practice of agape, is about taking a stand against evil. Hoyt lifts up these words from Dr. King in his letter from a Birmingham jail. We will have to repent in this generation, not merely for the hateful words and actions of the bad people, but for the appalling silence of the good people. As Hoyt points out, too many Christians have become accustomed to evil, accustomed to tolerating it, bemoaning it, but failing to act against it. What does it mean to act against evil? This weekend we saw the March on Washington, people standing up against evil. What does it mean to speak out when we witness evil? Can we name that Jacob Blake was shot seven times in the back and in the same city a white boy, a white young man, shot three people and walked around with a gun and was peacefully and respectfully apprehended. This is what 
systemic racism looks like. The fact that that is a normal encounter in our country is, in fact, evil. We act against evil in our words, in our actions, in the beliefs that are deep in the core of who we are. Why? Because we are called to follow Jesus. And what does following Jesus really look like? Well, let's think about what it meant for Jesus to be the Messiah, to get an indication of what it might mean to follow Jesus. Following Jesus isn't about glory. Following Jesus isn't just about following Jesus into heaven. Following Jesus is not a guarantee that we can avoid sickness. Following Jesus isn't a promise that we're going to get all of our wishes answered and, and that we get whatever we want. It doesn't mean that we are exempt from the sufferings of this world. In fact, sometimes following Jesus means that we step into the sufferings of this world in a much more intense way because Jesus modeled that for us. Following Jesus means to follow him into dangerous places. So we don't get to claim that we follow Jesus into heaven without doing any work. Brian McLaren offered this, that following Christ should not be an evacuation plan. It's a transformation plan. Following Christ should not be an evacuation plan. It is a transformation plan. People think that we say the magic words and then we get this ticket into something that happens long after we are dead. Because that's what we've been told. Because that's an easier message to give then following Jesus means doing the hard work. Following Jesus means being willing to take a risk. It's human nature for us to want to skip all the work and jump to the reward. But we forget that Jesus didn't do that. Jesus didn't offer that, and Jesus did not tell us to expect that. Jesus tells us, to pick up the cross and follow him. And what does that mean? The way of Christ involves suffering. And here's another place that sometimes we might get it wrong. It's not that it involves suffering just for the sake of suffering. And it doesn't mean that when we are going through something hard or awful that God wants us to suffer. But rather, the braveness, the boldness, the courage that we have can lead us on a path of suffering. Because the experience of agape, that all-sustaining, all-giving love that is empowered by God's Spirit, is not easy. When we commit to the hard work of social justice, we commit to following Jesus. We do so because it is right and not for a reward. And that can be so hard to understand because everything in our culture has taught us that we act in order to get a reward. So what does it mean to act 
simply because it is the right thing to do. It means that we take big risks and we follow Jesus into danger. We follow Jesus because we love him. We love that message and we know that we are being called to bless people in Christ's name in this world. And blessing people is not only about the warm fuzzies and the things that feel good. That is a great benefit, but that's not the reason. The reason is just because it's what is right. All of us experience marginalization in some ways. And all of us experience privilege in some ways. Those of us who live in places of privilege are called to use our privilege to help those who are marginalized in ways differently than we are marginalized. That is the work of Jesus in this world. So when Jesus, in the gospel message that we heard this morning, tells the disciples what is coming, Peter says, God forbid it. Peter did not want to accept this reality, and Jesus loved Peter. Jesus trusted Peter, and Jesus rebuked him in a really harsh way. He said these words, get behind me, Satan. Peter wasn't a bad person. Jesus didn't say, I reject you and I hate you and go away. I never want to see you again. Jesus said, get behind me, Satan. Because Peter wanted to offer an easier path. Peter wanted Jesus to skip the hard stuff, skip the cross, get right to the celebration. And Jesus said, no. And don't even offer me that. Do not tempt me. Jesus didn't want to hear about easier options. In this phrase, get behind me, Satan, the word for Satan is tempter. He's telling Peter, get, me, get behind me, you who are tempting me. Don't try to lead me. Don't try to lead me astray. Get behind me, follow me, is what Jesus is saying. He's not saying, get out of my life, go away. He's saying, get behind me. Be behind me. Be with me. He's saying to Peter, have my back. Witness this. Be with me in this. Accept the challenge. Accept the terrifying reality of what is to come. Get behind me. So what is it that we are tempted by? When are we tempted? When are we, like Peter, offering something that is not what we need, but what just might feel better? What tempts us? Temptation isn't just about maybe doing something that breaks the law. Temptation is about complacency. Aren't we all, especially in this season of our lives, tempted to just go for what is comfortable, isn't it easier to change the channel or close the computer or shut down your phone than to look at the injustice that is happening in this country? Aren't we tempted to say things like, well, I don't want to be political. 
Life and death is not political. Yeah, there's a lot of politics happening. But we're talking about our lives here. We're talking about taking risks here. Sometimes the risks are relatively small, and yet maybe we don't want to do them. We put up a banner in front of the church a couple months ago that says, Black Lives Matter. And when we put up that banner, we got a lot of positive feedback, and we got negative feedback. And people reached out with some concerns, saying, can the church say this? Why is the church being political? And one concern that really stuck with me, which was, here, in this place where this building is sitting empty most of the time, do you want to have a sign out front that gives the police officers in the neighborhood the message that we don't care about them? And that question hurt my heart. It says more about our culture than it does about the sign, that the assumption is there that saying Black Lives Matter might mean that we're saying something about police. That assumption that, that we can't say Black Lives Matter if it might be harmful to police officers or that the police who, who lovingly serve this neighborhood uh, might see that sign tells us more about what, what some people might think of the police. And of course, there are bad cops. And there are police officers who have responded to needs that we've had here at church who have been amazing. And they uh, keep an eye on our building. And that sign outside is not saying that, that we think that the police believe that black lives don't matter. In fact, it's saying that we believe that all of us all of us, every single person, should lift up this idea that black lives matter and the fact that that statement is controversial hurts my heart. It is so complicated and so hard, but it does not need to be. And yes, every life matters. We're not saying that, that other people's lives don't matter, but what we are saying is that the people who are being persecuted, the people who are being murdered, the people who, who are being killed, and there's no retribution. Brianna Taylor's killers have not seen any kind of justice. If we're followers of Christ, we got to say this is wrong. Jacob Blake was shot seven times and then chained to his hospital bed. This is wrong. The inequality in this country is wrong. So we got to talk about it. We got to do something about it. We have got to follow Christ into these places of danger. Danger of being isolated from our friends on Facebook. Danger of saying things that are brave and hard to say. Danger of stepping out to the people that we know and the people that we love and saying, let me educate you about this. This is hard work, and this is the work that we are called to do, and this is what glory in Christ looks like. I love church. I love singing our songs. I love coming together. I love community, and those are all wonderful added benefits. 
Those are ways of worshiping God, and I truly believe that our worship is pleasing to God. But let's also worship with our actions out in the world. Let's show Jesus that we love him by following him, not by hoping to get to follow him after we're gone. But let's love Jesus by following him right now. There is so much injustice in this world. And so much of what we want right now is simplicity. But let's be messy and complicated. Let's hold fast to what is good. What is good is not always the warm, fuzzy, feel good in the moment. What is good is agape. All self-giving, all-powerful love that is inspired by God's Spirit. Amen. I hope that you've enjoyed the Metropolitan Community Church of Tampa podcast. If you'd like to view our entire service, please visit our YouTube channel. Today's program was edited, directed, and produced by my wonderful husband, Alan Hirosh.